Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Good morning, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Love It in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige, and I am so excited to be bringing you guys part two of our first little Gal Pals Talk hangout where I invite on a couple of friends to chat about a specific topic and kind of just share our experiences. So this was a new format that debuted last week and I decided to split up that episode into two parts because we hung out for about two hours. And so if you missed it, last week was part one of Gal Pals Talk Home Birth where we covered kind of the how and the why and how we found our midwives and how we paid for it and just talked about like you know what our family saw all of these different things and then today is part two of that conversation where you will hear Amanda, Carly, and Hallie share their home birth stories. So it's so much fun. I can't wait for you guys to hear it but really fast I also wanted to share our community memory verse for the week, which is Galatians 4-7. It's a pretty simple one, but it is so good. And it says this, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. And oh, this is so good. I feel like literally every time I read a verse and like react to it or respond, I'm like, wow, this is so good. But it's true, you guys, it's the word of God. And I just love being reminded that I am his child. Like I have been bought by the blood of Jesus. And it just this whole verse obviously reminds me of the song No Longer Slaves um, because it was based on this verse. But I love the line when they sing like your blood flows through my veins. And I think that is so powerful to me like to think about being truly like physically changed and like a part of God's family and God's kingdom and being his child and how that just absolutely changes everything and even thinking about like how I'm raising my own kids and the family culture I want to create and just all of the micro and macro just like parenting decisions that I'm making every single day and how that influences a family I also love that you know what covers my mistakes is the blood of Christ and like I am a part of his family even more than like this family I'm creating um and how that shapes my identity as his child and as mother and a wife and all these things I feel like I could go on and on but love this verse would love to hear how this verse has impacted you and yeah okay so I think I've said all that I need to say I never know how to wrap these things up let's just go ahead and listen to part two of my conversation with my girlfriends Hallie Carly and Amanda okay so now's the really fun part we've kind of chatted a bit about like how we were led to home birth and just kind of our experience like early on in the process. But now we're going to share a bit about the actual birth, um, birth of our babies. So 
I would love to know kind of, you know, beginning labor stories for each of you. And I'll kind of ask these questions, but also if the story just ends up flowing, like that's totally fine. So yeah, Amanda, let's start with you and Mr. Ellis. What was that like? I loved my labor with Ellis. I mean, I love labor and I love birth. Like I just love all of it. So, um, I, I didn't really know when he was, um, like when exactly his due date was going to be because I didn't get an ultrasound right when I found out that I was pregnant. And then I think by the time I got to Charleston, they were like, it was past 20 weeks. And so they were like, oh, we can't really like give you an exact week. So I kind of, they told me, you know, that he was going to be due February 22nd. That was like our date, but he was actually born um, February 15th. And I really, I love Valentine's Day and I really wanted him to be born on Valentine's Aww. Day. And like, it was like, he better not be, you know, like, he was like, he's like, the only day I don't want is Valentine's Day. And I was like, okay. So I was really trying for the 14th and I did go into labor on the 14th. And um, my labor with my first son was four hours. And everyone told me like, oh, it's going to be like half right like not what they say mm-hmm. it just gets like quicker so I was like ready for a two-hour labor you know um and I had been having really I don't know how to say this word is it prodromal pro- oh prodromal prodromal mm-hmm. sure I've been having that labor for which I guess is like false labor right so I've been having that for about like a week and it was just getting to be like really um, discouraging, like just mentally exhausting. Yeah. I pretty much would like have like start labor, which is really your body like getting you prepped for labor and like pushing the baby down and, you know, the body is doing something, but it in the moment just feels really discouraging. And so that night, um, or I guess I had like a bit of a to-do list of things. I was like really – crazy about my um baseboards I like needed before the baby was born I was like I need to literally get down my hands and knees and clean every single one of them and so uh, that day like so romantic on Valentine's Day I finished <laughs> um cleaning those words and then I really wanted to get a pedicure because I was like I don't want to like you know just be gross like I want to have a nice pedicure yeah <laughs> so I'm not going that often so like I need to get this sorted and then, so I did both those things that morning. And so I think mentally, like, my body was like, okay, now I'm ready to give birth. And I was like, super yeah. Loud. Also, I don't know if the pedicure thing does anything. He knew, the guy that was giving me the pedicure, he knew that I was like, obviously, I think I was, gosh, 38 weeks. So I was like, really showing. And um, I don't think he like gave me a massage or anything. But after that, I had the baby, so I don't know if you guys had any experience <laughs> with that. Um, but yeah, so that night I started getting that like prodromal. Wait, I said that wrong. Prodromal. <laughs> I started going into there, but I kind of thought that it was like everything that I've been having for the past couple of days. And so um, I just started getting like a little bit frustrated and. Um, but I couldn't sleep. And so I was like, okay, this feels different. And so I went out into the other room and I was like on the um, yoga ball, yoga ball, birthing ball. And um, it started to like get really intense. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start um, timing them. 
And then when I timed them, they were like really close together, but it was still pretty manageable. And I'm like, I'm really bad at calling for help, even when it's like their job. But I didn't want to call my midwife because I didn't want her to like have to come all the way if it was like false labor. And and that's yeah. hard because you had been having prodromal right. like contractions. Like I was the same way for like a couple weeks and yeah, you don't want to be like – I just didn't want to be bothersome, but it's also like it's her job and she reassured me so many times. She's like, I literally will drive over here. It doesn't matter. Like just call me. But in my head at that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to bother anybody. It's like, (laughs) girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I did eventually call her and she was like, well, you don't really sound like, you know, it's intense right now, which... I mean, I don't know, but she also was like, your last labor was four hours. So like, you know, I'm going to head over. And she, like I said before, was at the other labor. So she sent um, the other midwife over and my doula came over. And um, yeah, I mean, it went like, it kind of escalated pretty quickly. By the time they got there, um, I was like full on in active labor. And right before I went into, or before I called them, Um, I had heard somewhere or listened to something that said that you have to empty or it's better to empty your bladder before you um, start labor because I guess it just like creates more room and more space for the baby to go down. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I also didn't really want to poop in my house, like not in the toilet. You know what I mean? Which I didn't (laughs) with Rudy, but I was like, I don't know. (laughs) So I was like, I just need to like whatever. But as soon as I sat on the toilet – It made my contractions so intense and I was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just like wasn't ready in that moment, Um, which we can get into later, but Ellis ended up being born like while I was on the toilet. So I think like if I had just stayed there, like maybe it just would have happened quicker. Oh my gosh. Okay, just finish the story. I have to know. Just keep going. It was such a short labor. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I – really wanted a water birth in my head and so I was like in the tub and I just couldn't really get comfortable um and I think like yeah it's just not for everybody and so I eventually got out of the the tub and that was when I asked my midwife I was like how many like how long have we been doing this for which if you've had a longer labor this probably sounds so annoying and she was like it's been three hours and I was like I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> you should have been more an hour ago. <laughs> like, by my calculations, <laughs> which, like, three hours is not long at all. And I'm sorry. I sound so ungrateful. <laughs> but, um, and then, but if you're progressing, like, really fast, too, that's like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Be, well, like, really, really painful. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this time around, they were a lot more, like, I wouldn't say that I was in pain like I definitely think I was like really uncomfortable but I like prepared so much like my breathing and I'm like really proud of the preparation I feel like that's like 80% of the work um Mm -hmm. and so yeah it wasn't it wasn't horrible I think I was just like mentally I think that was like my biggest obstacle was Mm -hmm. like what I thought it was gonna be versus what it actually was which was still beautiful um but then at one point, my doula kept, like, just giving me water. She was like, you need to be hydrated. And so she was like, which, thank God, but she was, like, just giving me glasses of water and, like, popsicles. And, like, so I – and I didn't even get pee before I started labor because as soon as I got on. So it's been, like, a while. And I'm like, okay, I just need to go to the bathroom. And so 
I went in and in our apartment at the time, it has like, I don't know what this is called, where it's like the toilet room, you know, that's like separate from the bathroom. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like just the toilets in there. So yeah. I went in there and my, my husband came in with me and um, my midwife and my doula were like, okay, we're just going to give you guys um, some space. And so they um, they came up or they left the room and then my husband came in with me and he just started to like praying that like, you know, my body would just open in the right way. And then I had this like really big contraction at the same time, which was really cool. And we heard this like massive pop. Um, and I was like standing, over, like I was standing over the toilet <laughs> and I thought that my baby had fallen into the toilet because of like how loud it was. And, and my midwife and Julie came running in and they were like, like what happened and I think like my water had broken which was really nice for everybody involved because it was very minimal cleanup like it all just straight down and um uh I think I had said to my midwife like they were like oh what happened we heard a pop and I was like yeah I just had a really good like contraction but it felt like so good and they like laughed at me because they were like what do you mean but it was just like all the pressure was gone Mm -hmm. and then like the next two minutes Ellis just was born like I don't even remember pushing him he just kind of came out so he just it was like the optimal position for me Mm -hmm. um so yeah it ended up being like really quick and then we just went to bed (laughs) Mm, yes what a gift sorry we just shared all of it No, no, no. This is perfect. I feel like it's hard to like pause. And actually, as I was thinking about it, I was like, it'd probably be so confusing for whoever's listening if we like told each of our (laughs) stories like really fragmented. So I want to know what was like the hardest part for you and then what was like the high of your birth for you? Yeah. I mean, I kind of talked about it before, but I really had like a vision of what I thought my birth was going to be. I feel like everyone, every birth that you see on Instagram is like in a water birth, like in the tub. And that's kind of what I like envisioned. Um, But then when I was in the tub, I think I was just like making it harder for myself because I really didn't want to get out because I wanted that water birth so bad, but I was like so uncomfortable and um, it just like was cold and I just like wasn't loving life in there. And like as soon as I got out, it was just amazing. Like I even had, you know, people say that they like nap between contractions. I like never believed that. Mine are always pretty close, but I was literally like napping between contractions and it was just really like peaceful once I like just went through the labor that I was having instead of like thinking about what it should look like or what I thought it was going to look like, which I think like envisioning labor is really important especially for a home birth like envisioning what you want and like a positive outcome but it can also be at least it was for me like a little bit of an obstacle when it goes like a different way which was still a positive way yeah um and then the high for me was obviously Ella's being born I love like all the feelings that you get after a baby is born it feels like the most empowering thing. I mean, you guys have all had babies. It just feels like such a high when you deliver a baby. So, yeah. Totally. That's so sweet. Wow. Okay. Carly, you have one of the most unique birth stories. I mean, birth stories are all so unique and special. So, I don't want that to sound yeah, they like they really are. 
really your first story is so unique because Marla was free. So I would love for you to share yours next with us. Yes, of course. Yes. So Marlo, I think up until about 30 weeks, things were as usual. And then um, my midwife was like checking me normal. And she was like, I think that your baby's breech. And we didn't know the gender. So we didn't know if it was Marlo. But um, she was like, I think your baby's breech. And I literally had no idea what that meant. (laughs) That shows you just how much little I knew about like birth (laughs) going into being pregnant. But I'm like, what is that? Oh my gosh. Okay. And she was like, yeah, you're, you know, like the usual baby is head down at this point. And your baby's head is like up here, kind of like tucked right underneath my ribs. And then her butt was down below deep into the pelvis. And, um, I was like, okay, well, what does this mean? And basically she kind of like ran through things with me saying that like, you know, it's not um, an issue by any means. It's just a little bit uncommon. I think that's like Mm -hmm. the best way that I have used like language to describe breach is that it's not abnormal, but it's uncommon. And so like four out of a hundred babies will be breach. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, but the hope is that like, your breech baby flips before you Mm -hmm. deliver. And um, I did literally hours and hours of spinning babies. I literally had an ECV where they try and like flip the baby manually. Um, Was that painful? It was really painful. It was, it was really hard, honestly, but I had an amazing midwife um, who was a part of that doctor's practice who um, she had an ECV and like she mm-hmm. got into midwifery because of her like breach experience. And she had really like mentally prepped me like, this is going to be really hard and probably mm-hmm. honestly, one of the most painful things you'll ever like yeah. go through. And I was like, okay. So I feel like having her perspective and her support in that room was so amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and I just like, still remember her like so clearly in that moment, but, um, it was really hard, but I also knew that it was worth trying because I didn't want to have to pay the additional thousands of dollars for the doctor. But I also was like, okay, we'll try. And my midwife had like encouraged me, like, just try, like, you never know people do it. Like, um, and my doctor is amazing. And he was like, if there's anyone who could do it, like he is the best like outcome. And so, Mm -hmm. um, anyways, I had the ECV, it didn't work. And so he was just like, she is so, far down your pelvis like there's no way she's moving and so at that point we basically were like okay let's officially hire his name's Dr. Stu um and if you are in the birth world he has an amazing podcast um yeah so he's really great and he just has so much experience in breach and um just like is a wealth of knowledge and has like 20 plus years like working at a hospital and then has spent the last like 10 years of his practice just gearing his work in home birth and specifically in breach. And so um, I just felt so cared for with him. So anyways, we Mm. were like, okay, it was putting a lot of stress on me um, towards the end, hoping that she would just flip. Like I would do hours of spending babies a day and like, it was just a lot on my mind. So I was like, we need to make a decision. Like, let's just hire him and like go forth with the 
breach home birth. And that was just, we prayed through it so much and just felt such peace about it, honestly. Like, like I was kind of saying before, it was just a total act of faith. Like, God, we feel like you're leading us to this and we're just, yeah, we're acting in faith here that like our little girl will be all safe and healthy and like I'll be healthy and that um, you'll provide like all the means necessary. And um, anyways, it was amazing. And I feel like I'm just super passionate now about breech birth and that Mm -hmm. it's not, um, yeah, it's not abnormal. Babies just like pick their position and that's that's it like that's that's how it goes and like Mm -hmm. um but also too like as we were kind of talking about earlier like I feel like so many people kind of like um glamorize or like or not glamorize but more so like idolize you if you like have a home birth or like Mm -hmm. say like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh you did this like that's amazing but in reality like I think we all believe like our bodies were truly designed to give birth And yeah. even in a breach scenario, like, I think I've really come to mm-hmm. be like, I, it's not a badge of honor. Like, I honestly just like, I gave birth to my daughter who chose her position, however she wanted to be born. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so grateful for like our care and the resources that we had available to us, because I know that's not the case for a lot of people. Like living in Southern California, I had access to his care and he's like a very specific care provider that like Mm -hmm. deals with breach and I'm I'm very aware that that's not everyone's um you know availability but I am just so so grateful that we ended up going that route and that I had her at home because I labored for probably it was like a longer labor but honestly it's okay I feel like I just was so at peace with like our decision and knowing that I was literally supported by so many amazing people that have so much experience in home birth and in like breach. And so um, I just felt really cared for. And I was so like you were saying too, Amanda, like I feel like the prep work and mental part of it is so huge. And I did so much of that, that I felt so good about going into the birth. Like I just was like, this Mm -hmm. is, this is it. I've prepped, I'm ready. And um, I labored for probably like 36 hours, but then I think there it was broken up a little bit because I went to the chiropractor and I was able to fall asleep for a long time after that. And then things picked up pretty quickly. And it was actually our wedding anniversary. And I remember like we went to dinner and then we got frozen yogurt and Dylan's like driving. And I'm like, oh my gosh, please <laughs> slow down because I am literally going to die right now. Like you <laughs> do not go over another speed bump like that like it was just so crazy (laughs) yeah and then anyways I was able to go to sleep really well that night and then I woke up and um just kind of like labored at home a little bit walked my neighborhood and then I took a bath which was amazing and then after that like things really picked up and I kind of just like walked around my house for like probably an hour or so I I couldn't sit either like sitting or being like still was really uncomfortable for me so I just walked a lot and then I took a shower for probably like two hours and I just labored in the shower and I literally just, that was like the most intense part of my labor. Um, But I didn't really know where I was at at that point. So then Dylan called our midwife and um, she came and she asked if I wanted to be checked and I said yes. And I was 10 centimeters dilated. So uh, she was like, you are going to meet your baby super soon. And so it gave me that kind of like last motivation to just kind of push through because I was like at that point pretty tired um Mm -hmm. and then 
yeah, I started pushing and my water hadn't broken yet. So um, I was just waiting for that. So then I pushed like my first big push, my water broke kind of like similarly, Amanda, just like this big pop. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what in the world? Um, Also, because she's breached a bunch of like poop and meconium came out because her butt was literally right there <laughs> so I was horrified I'm like what is all of this like it was super gnarly oh honestly <laughs> but that was just birth I feel like mm. it's a reality um yeah. yeah and then I just pushed a few more times and I I kind of similarly had imagined myself giving birth in the tub but um my doctor was like, I would prefer you the way that things are going to be out of the water in case I needed to like kind of help deliver her. And I'm really mm-hmm. glad that I didn't because um, I like kept pushing and then she was about like halfway out. Like literally if people don't really know, like there's two types of breach. There's footling and Frank breach and Marlo was Frank where her butt is first. Footling is feet first, but mm-hmm. so her butt is first and then kind of her little legs came out. Um, but she was like halfway and he was like, you need to get her out like right now. Like her her heart rate is kind of dropping. So he was like one push and you got to get her out. And so I just kind of pushed and she came out and she was so perfect and like such a little pink baby <laughs> and mm. like was all cryy and just like so sweet. So I just feel like breach is just a variation of normal and mm-hmm. honestly it was like an amazing birth and I felt so cared for also like shout out my husband I feel like I've not mentioned him one time <laughs> but really like <laughs> he was the biggest supporter and everything and I mm-hmm. literally could not have done it without him like he was my doula like he truly yeah oh yeah he was awesome so yeah it was so great and I I just loved birthing in my home and feeling so comfortable with the people in the room and just yeah. like I feel like birth is so vulnerable and the energy is like so palpable that I really was so grateful that I knew the people there very well and it was just mm-hmm. really peaceful and yeah, yeah we got in bed and just ate some pizza went to bed mm-hmm. and it was amazing so the best the mm-hmm. best yeah that's so good that's I love great. that and one just kind of like follow-up question that comes to mind I don't remember asking you this actually after you had her. Was it like weird at all that like you said you have come to realize like breach is normal? Um, Mm -hmm. Was it weird because your midwife and your doctor have like an Instagram presence, I guess? Like I know your birth was talked about a lot kind of like afterwards. I don't – did they use like your name Mm -hmm. at all or Um, I don't know how they talked about it. On um, Dr. Sue's podcast, I think they talk about Marlo, but I don't know if they say my name. But I, I totally gave them, like, permission to do kind yeah, of whatever just because – Yeah, now, Carly, I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm no star, honestly. Yeah. Like, no. I just – I feel like they were really, like, kind and saying, like, your story is really important. Like, people need to know that, mm-hmm. like, breach is a variation of normal and it's not – this like weird thing and or unsafe or whatever Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. the thing that I've come to learn too is that it just takes a lot of like skill and learning how to deliver a breech baby Mm -hmm. but like the training is so um sparse and that is why it's not offered in hospitals a lot and so Mm -hmm. Dr. Stu is actually amazing and is like leading this whole like reteach breech movement and like training midwives and doctors how to deliver breech babies so that mothers have like accessibility Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. birth naturally 
if they would like to in yeah. having like their baby be breached. So mm-hmm. I just am, I'm really grateful for them and mm-hmm. they're great. Yeah. I feel like I think I gave them permission except for the photo. They wanted to post a photo of Marlo coming out breach. And I was like, I'm sorry. That's, that's not it. I can't, can't get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't they like, we can crop it. And you're like, yes. but I still know it's me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like your face won't be shown. I'm like, that's everything else. And I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Every time I like am on stories and my midwife's like comes up without me clicking on it. It's like a woman pushing a baby's head. Oh, I-, I was like, I did not expect to see that. <laughs> so totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're a star because I love Dr. Stu and Aww. he was just in Kansas City, I think, um, not that long ago for like a little teaching session with my midwives. And no like, way. I just remember her talking about like, she's like, yeah, I have his phone number. I just like text him if I have any questions like about breach. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you're famous. So <laughs> but so yeah, I really love that. I just think like, like basically everything you just said, just like normalizing it is like mm-hmm. important. So I really hope that he is like making such a huge difference for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. He really is. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know if it's been said, but for moms who like, what you were saying, I was the same way. I didn't really understand or know anything about like positions that babies are in. Like the only yeah. other option basically that you're presented with is a C-section, which mm-hmm. is like what exactly. I had. Um, again, there were kind of a number of factors, but yeah. And that's like a huge difference being able to yeah, have your baby right. vaginally versus having that C-section. I actually remember, um, have any of you guys seen Call the Midwife? before mm-hmm. it's like a mm-hmm. I think it's like a I've bbc show hey so, yeah. you're gonna love it i watched it during my first trimester and i remember they showed it's like based on this woman who wrote some books about her time being a midwife in like really poor parts of london in i think like the 60s and obviously they don't show like it's like a tv show but they showed mm-hmm. like the delivery of a breech baby and mm-hmm. that was just really cool, cool like the butt coming out in the legs mm-hmm. It's just so special. So cool. It's like interesting because I know it's like illegal. I don't know what that means, but it's like illegal mm-hmm. to deliver a breech baby in South Carolina. You have well, it is like section. It's with like a midwife in California. It's illegal. Also, that's why we had to hire Doctor Stu. Oh. Um, so I had to have technically like a doctor and OB there. But Crazy. it's kind of like it's tough. I feel like my midwife. Um, had like attended and delivered many breech babies and it just legally um, they it's like that's where the training piece I feel like why I'm passionate about that is because if we can like transition work to be like a little bit more accessible for people like there it might not be so like weird I don't know I just feel like Mm -hmm. training more people could be really cool and allow for just more options for women Mm -hmm. And it's not so expensive, hopefully. Right, exactly. Yeah, like that's what I'm like. I'm so grateful that I had access to that and that like, I mean, it was a big jump for us to even commit to that. But yeah, we knew that God was going to provide for us. Yeah, totally. So cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Holly, what about you? Yes. Okay, so I think I'm just going to talk about Francis' birth because – that would probably take forever if I did both home births. <laughs> Wait, you have to share where – wasn't Fern born in that one yes. house? Okay. You have to share about that. Okay. She was born – we lived in a basement apartment of 
this like really big house that my husband lived in um, before we got married. And there are like seven guys who live in the house. And (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah, it was, I surprisingly, like I was a little bit anxious. I was like, I am, I feel like I'm not going to be able to like relax because I just know like seven guys are literally listening to me like scream my head off um (laughs) thankfully they were like all basically all out of the house I think there was maybe like one or two (laughs) guys there but I didn't even think about it when I was in labor um but yeah the guy who owned the house he renovated the basement into an apartment and we moved in like I think a year into marriage and that's where I had Fern so um yeah so her birth was like it was pretty I feel like there wasn't like a lot of like I think just with Francis there was more that like went on like her birth was just like really smooth basically like I woke up at 7 a.m labored for like 11 hours um was in labor land completely the whole time like didn't talk to anybody like didn't want anybody to touch me like between contractions I just was like I wasn't necessarily in pain but I just didn't like feel super great and so I think I just was like very zoned out um, and it just like progressed like very smoothly all day. And then I had mm-hmm. her at like 6 PM, I think. Um, but with Francis, I, um, was just having like a play day all morning with, um, some mom friends. And I remember feeling like a little different, but I was like trying to not think too much of it because I was like, I yeah. don't want to get like too excited. And it wasn't enough of a feeling to like really think something was happening, um, but it was like the day before my due date, which I know like due dates don't like really matter. Um, but yeah, I just, I like told my friends, I was like, I think something might be happening. And we were like trying to not get hype. <laughs> um, and then I ended up getting home, I think at like 1230. Ben went to like pick up Chipotle. He came home and I think I took like two bites and had my first contraction. And so I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a real contraction. Um, stopped eating the Chipotle because I was like, I'm not about to puke and poop up Chipotle all day. Um, but I was also really nervous about podromal labor this time. I like wasn't at all with Fern, but I think I just didn't know much about it with mm-hmm. her. And so with Francis, I just was like, I'm just like so nervous about this. And I had a few friends who had it. And yeah, I just was a little anxious, but obviously like trying to not think about it because I didn't want to like put my body under stress. Um, We ended up, the same friend groups were coordinating picking up Fern and so they came and got her. And I think that really helped just like me and Ben both just relax in our house. Mm -hmm. And as much as I would have loved her to be at the birth, I just, she was still young enough that I just felt like, and she was still nursing. She still is nursing. And I just was like, that's literally like all she's going to want the whole time. Like, (laughs) I think she probably needs to leave the house. (laughs) Um, So they picked her up and like right when they picked her up, my contractions um, went from like one every 10 minutes. They were like every three minutes. And so then at that point I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I really am in prodromal labor and that was really discouraging, but we were like, let's just take advantage of our time, like being here, just, just me and Ben. And I think we like turned on Friday night lights cause we were watching that series for the first time. <laughs> so we like watched an episode of that. And then 
my doula came and we went outside and like did some curb walking and that like didn't really progress. And so we have like a target that's attached to a mall, like super close to us. So we're like, let's just go walk around the mall and do some laps. So we did that. And I was, I was kind of having to like stop and like work through the contractions, but they still were only every 10 minutes and nothing like terrible. Um, so we came home and it like ended up being like nine o'clock. I think that my doula decided just to go home and was like, you guys just need to get some rest and obviously like call me if things progress in the middle of the night. So we went to bed and I was in and out of sleep from like nine to 11. Um, yeah, they were waking me up, but they weren't like, oh, I'm in like active labor type of contraction. So I kept telling myself, like, I just need to get out of bed. Like, I feel like maybe just like standing and moving will help. So I did that. Didn't really do too much. So I went in, um, into our spare bedroom and tried to fall asleep and was able to like really get into a deep sleep. And then my contractions were like very intense. So I was, they were waking me up and I definitely could tell that they were a lot more intense, but I was just like so exhausted that I would just like fall back into like a really mm-hmm. deep sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like one thirty, And at that point I was like, I really need to get out of bed because I know that if I get out, like it's just going to happen. But I just was so tired yeah. and I was like, I know I'm about to just be up all night, like having this <laughs> baby. So I just like could not get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> so... I think finally at like two o'clock I got out and like immediately was having contractions like every two minutes. They were very intense. So I woke up Ben and he started filling the birthing tub and I had a home, uh, a water birth with Fern and I really loved it. And so I just wanted to try that again. And so yeah, he started filling a tub and then my doula came back over and I think our midwives got here at like three or three thirty, um, and it was just like a whole different experience um, than Fern's birth. Like I was just like so much more aware the whole time, and like could talk to like everybody in the room between contractions, and just like felt like way more like myself, which is like something mm-hmm. I prayed about a lot and like talked to Ben about. I was like, I just want to like be aware and like wow. know what's going on versus just like literally like not talking, like don't nobody talked to me type situation. Um, so that was really cool. I like really enjoyed that. And just, I think like with the counter pressure and everything, I just was like able to work through contractions like so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think like around four, my water broke and, um, he just like came out. Like, I really don't remember pushing at all. He just was like, it was crazy. I remember saying like, I'm scared because he just was like coming so fast. And I was, that was kind of also something I was like praying for too, because, um, I I only pushed for like 15 minutes with Fern, but I just, I was like, I just want my body to like fully do this. Mm -hmm. And I know that it can. Mm -hmm. So that was really amazing. So yeah, he just like came out and then he was here and it was amazing. Oh, what a gift. Yay. Yeah. yeah. I love even hearing like that's so encouraging for me personally because I feel like it's kind of interesting since I did have a C-section with my first and it was like not like I had a uh, 
what am I trying to say? A scheduled C-section. So it's not like I was in labor and then got transferred. So Mm -hmm. I was like having my second kid had been a mom for a year and a half, but had never experienced labor and like Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. delivery and all that. And so I did feel like I was totally in labor land. And I think maybe, I mean, we're still not like, we can't say with total certainty, like what caused my tear. But Mm -hmm. um, I do know that my midwife shared with me just like in the future that it would be helpful if I can basically be more aware and like try to slow down like pushing so that way I can just like let my body stretch and I just was like yeah not aware I was just like surrendered which was great but also like yeah also kind of not great because my body was just a little out of control so that's so encouraging to hear that Mm -hmm. like through prayer and just kind of knowing more of what to expect I guess you were able to Mm -hmm. have that the second time that's so good oh my gosh you guys this has been so sweet I know it is so late it's seven pacific time right now and we started this like two hours ago (laughs) amanda it's like 10 p.m where you're at um shout out to all of our husbands who have like helped with bedtime and yeah yeah, it's been wild but we're gonna wrap up real quick the same questions i ask every single guest so i want to hear from each of you what are three things you have been loving totally random okay um, probably coffee because we're renovating and I need <laughs> yes. some caffeine. Um, yes. I've also been loving, I don't know if you guys watch TV, but Survivor and Great British Bake Off are back on and yeah. they're my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. I've been loving that. Um, and I think just the cooler weather. It's just yeah. been getting nicer i say yeah we're not getting that in california yeah. but I'm like, <laughs> i that. mean i think we just had hurricane ian uh last oh, yeah. weekend come so it was like mm-hmm. really cold and yeah. then it's like perfect chilly fall and now it's like slowly going back to like yeah. 80s and 90s so yeah, yeah. but it's been pretty nice weather mm, totally um okay i have been loving oatmeal (laughs) which is so random i haven't had oatmeal until i'm 25 and i just had it for the first time like a month ago oh my gosh yeah it's crazy honestly but literally so good cooked in the raw milk i'm like so good teach me your ways whenever i come visit you because i need like a quick and easy breakfast so i'm not hangry mom every morning and i just have not been able to nail oats like I want to love oh. them because they make so much sense but I yeah. just like don't the like key for me is the like grass-fed butter with the maple syrup and cinnamon it's just mm. really good oh. heavy cream too yes yeah. so good oh my I have gosh, an yeah. amazing recipe I'll send you Paige <gasps> no yeah send that to me please yeah yes okay. we don't need the the good oatmeal yeah. in our life yeah um, it's true so good. And then I've been loving just sunset walks. Um, we live in like a pretty beach vibe area. So just like sunset with the water is so peaceful. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been loving, like we talked about earlier, just picking out my daughter's outfits because yes. it is so fun. Like she's finally at an age where she'll keep something in her hair, which has been so great. Um, so yeah. little ribbons and just, yeah, cute little sweaters and shoes just really yeah fun. tell us like your favorite stores for oh shopping gosh. for marlo i've been trying to just uh, like 
like we were saying too, like kids clothes are so expensive. So I feel like I've been trying to just shop seasonally for like four really cute outfits and then like uh-huh. mixing and matching with like a sweater or different shoes. I am just a tried and true simple folk girl or also love Riley and crew. I mean, you can't go wrong. Love yeah. those. But there's a really cute boutique too called Mabo Kids and they have the cutest oh. stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a good vibe too. Love that. You guys all have girls and I have like, even just listening to this, I'm like, do I want another baby? <laughs> I want <laughs> girls so bad. Yes. Yeah. You do. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You dress your boys so cute. Like, I feel like no, you I love dressing do them. the They're best so job. I Thank love that. You. We're okay. We asked Carly. Now we have to ask Amanda having the boys. Where do you like to buy the boys' clothes? <laughs> okay. I really like Zora. Um, I think they have really cute, like, fun skater, like, cool boy outfits. Yeah. <laughs> but also, we love Riley and Kerr, too. Yeah. We love it. You guys, I want to get Kelly Murray on the podcast. I've like emailed her before, but if anyone knows her, hook me up because I think she'd be the coolest to have on. That would be so fun. Oh my gosh. So, so fun. I know. Okay, Holly, what about you? Okay. I was also going to say Great British Baking. I am obsessed (laughs) and I did not know there was a new season until like two episodes were out. So that was a very fun surprise and a new episode comes out today I guess it's every Friday so probably will not be staying up to watch it but (laughs) very excited for that um okay I got a Stanley cup or water bottle and I feel like they're so worth the hype okay (laughs) yes yeah I don't have one but y'all are all my close friends and I spilled my coffee in my van yesterday and I was Uh. like Oh, I'm convinced. <laughs> I know. I didn't get the one that has the handle and like the straw because it's like always sold out. Yeah. But um, Whole Foods had like that version without the handle. And so I just went ahead and got it. And I just like love it because, yeah, it actually fits in my cup holder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's amazing. So good. Um, and then I have this really great tallow chapstick from. I can't remember her name, but it's just like a small Etsy account and it's the best. It's like the best chapstick I have ever used. And my lips get so dry in the winter and it was like 50 degrees today. So I am like full force using it and it's just so good. Yeah. Ooh, Is tallow like a, like a type of animal fat? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like rendered beef fat. Love it. So it sounds like really <laughs> weird and gross, but it does not have a taste at all. I know there are some tallows that like, like I did get a tallow like face cream that like I opened up the lid and it was like, okay, that just smells like beef. Oh, no. <laughs> I, oh I know, but like the one that I got, the one um, from Etsy, she has face cream too. And I got, and it's, it does not smell like beef. Nice. <laughs> so, That's so yeah. good to know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You'll have to give us the oats and the tallow yes. links. Uh, I totally Love will. It. How can we be praying for each of you guys? I think just mainly like, that Matt and I just really start building like roots because mm-hmm. I mean if you guys listen to my last podcast we've just been like moving around a lot and yeah um yeah I'm just excited like buying a house feels like super like we're committing to this region and mm-hmm. 
we love it here. And so just that God keeps like opening up the right doors and just like yeah. really building roots. And especially when you have kids, it's like, you know, this is their childhood and their friends and their community. So just especially praying for the boys too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd love to pray love for you that. in that. What about you, Carly? Oh man, I would love prayers for this next season of our life. Like I, I'm really excited. Like there's some good changes going on in our family. Like Dylan's taking a more full-time position for work. He's been working full-time, but his job previously, like hour-wise, it's very flexible. So it's not necessarily like he's been working full-time, but he he has. But anyways, there's just shifting. And so I get to be more of like a full stay-at-home mom, which I'm so excited about. Um, Mm. But I also, that's going to be new because we've shared a lot of responsibility for the past year. So Mm. Yeah. Um, I am so excited and I can't wait to like spend my days with like with Marlo and doing so much fun stuff but I do know that it will definitely be a transition having him like out of the house and me mm-hmm. just caring for the home full time and uh, Marlo so just like navigating that and that we can still like stay united in that um, just mm-hmm. because we love spending time together as a family too so I know that um, like our days not together will just be like a shift but it's yeah. going to be a good shift. We're both super excited about it. But um, yeah, just new for sure. Mm-hmm. So yes, prayers, yeah. please. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we'll join you in that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. What about you, Hallie? Um, probably just for sleep. I We're, we're on the struggle bus with you, Cage. Um, yes. <laughs> none of my babies have been great sleepers. And yeah, Francis is up like every hour it feels like and so and he's almost a year and he's just like been like that his whole life um and I just think that I might just like struggle more not sleeping like I know there's just moms who just like can power through and are just like still amazing and I yeah it's just like really hard for me so um just for sleep and for just like the strength to like yeah get through the days if we still don't get sleep (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes and amen I (laughs) totally totally get that uh um we will so be praying for you in that I love being reminded that like Jesus slept and he like knows that we need sleep Mm -hmm. um but also yeah, it's just a lot when you're wanting to like mother intentionally and so well, literally you can hear in my voice how like sleep deprived I am. So I'm just going to end it with that. We will be praying for all of you guys in this season. Um, And where can people find all of you guys? Um, My Instagram is Amanda DeMello underscore. Cute that is all holy that <laughs> mine is at mia dwelling i honestly don't post a lot i post on stories a little bit but mm-hmm. just casual family life honestly but yeah love it follow along yeah the mom instagrams yeah Natalie. um i think it's hallie joe flowers but yeah my account's private so people can definitely send a request but i'm kind of the same don't post a ton but yeah yeah that's how my sister-in-law came on the podcast and she's a private account and she's like we were talking about it and she's like should I even share because it's like a mom Instagram and like 
it's private. And I was like, yes, totally. And she tells me yeah. now she's like, every once in a while, I'll get like a totally random person who mm-hmm. requests, but it's just like yeah. a normal person, not like a weirdo. She's yeah. like, I think they come from the podcast. So mm-hmm. I love That's that. <laughs> That's so fun. You guys, this has been over two hours with breaks for the babies and it's so late but this has been so life-giving and I hope it's just been joyful for you guys too and I'm so appreciative that you guys came on and tried this new format and were willing to share like such a vulnerable part of your story and motherhood yeah thank you thank you thanks for sharing guys thanks for listening to another episode of love in a cottage I'm so grateful you decided to join us today and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. So the first way is to share the show with a friend. This is actually how most people find our show and I am so thankful every time you do this. You can text them a link or you can also share the show on your social media. This ultimately helps the algorithm get our show to more like-minded women who can find our community. And I also just love reading through your comments. They mean so much to me and are so encouraging. And finally, you can actually donate to the show by Venmoing Paige Geidel or sending via PayPal to hello at pagegeidel.com. I'm currently working on getting a website up and running, so this is more official, but it does cost time and resources and energy to create the show. And even just $5 helps so much with all of the monthly fees and time. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so thankful for you and we will see you next week for another episode.